Of course. Look at you. <laughs> Debbie Downer. How was that a Debbie Downer? Was that did I say it did I say it like a bad way? I was waiting oh, to hear you say I, that. I, I knew you was gonna say it. You <laughs> oh. make me the biggest me. hater. Yeah. You're like Oscar the Grouch, man. Come on. Yeah, alright. <laughs> still still a buddy off the floor, man. Still a buddy for strippers. Yeah, <laughs> I'd never <laughs> would go to a that is crazy. <laughs> Yo, what's going on? This is the Highly Advised Podcast. I am here with my amigos and compadres. This is episode 58 of the Highly Advised Podcast, the best hip-hop and MMA podcast on the internet, or according to St. Kitch, a.k.a. Spence, my good friend in the universe. How are yeah, we doing this? How are we doing this evening? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're doing good, man. I can't yeah. complain on, like... Like you said, there's nowhere in the universe I'd rather be than here right now just to give the, the people an update on what the world's looking like between MMA and hip-hop, you know? So, I mean, I can't call that. Everything's good for me. Um, life's good. Drinking my water, as always. Feeling blessed to be under the sun one more day. So, how about yourself, Lau? Man, I'd rather be anywhere than trying to entertain these jabroni-ass fans that <laughs> listening to us every <laughs> goddamn week. But it's your boy... <laughs> It's the motherfucking main event. That's right. Big Cozy Too Cozy here for another motherfucking episode to appease your boring lives. So here we go. What do we got today? Well, before we get to any of the good shit for the listeners, um, you can follow us at the Highly Advised Podcast on Instagram, the Highly Advised Podcast on YouTube. Advise highly on Twitter. You should really listen to us, give reviews, give your love, give your hate, and give your respect to our videos because we put the shit out for y'all. That's right. Or you're going to get mama's good cooking. Or, yeah. or a broken fucking neck. Mm. I think they'll prefer mama's cooking. I hope. Yeah. I hope. They, they, trust me, mama's cooking at least comes on a plate. It's yeah. A, it's supposed to be good for you. Yeah. Either on a plate or through a table, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, man. But I, I mean, I, I, it's been a lot going on. Um, it's a holiday weekend. Uh, people are just coming back from the holidays. We're about to enjoy. We've enjoyed ours. So, um, a couple things that did come around last week that we, uh, or during the week, that we've been wanting to get to. Uh, one definitely being congratulations to Drake for being the artist of the decade and receiving the award from Billboard. Um. I mean, at this point, is how close is he becoming? How close is he to becoming the goat if he's not already? Like for real, for real. Oh man, I think I think the nigga might be already there, man. It the argument is there. I didn't I didn't realize the accolades this guy had until Billboard did what they did. I'm like, man, that's wow, Elton. Elvis and Michael, he surpassed them. And you're telling me, you're telling me there's no argument still? Come on, man. We we could talk about it. I'm not saying you guys specifically, but for any listener, you know, if you disagree, yeah, we could talk about it. You know, your ass gonna get the dial tone if you call them. The debate is becoming more clear by the day. Is Drake and Jay Z as far as like we're talking about the you know the greatest of all time is, but I mean like that's I think that's really all to be said that 
this is making this more of a debate between them. He's definitely distancing distancing himself from other rappers. He's put himself in in his own stratosphere years ago, I think. And I think this is probably just the icing on the cake, the cherry that's on top that we've all been waiting for. This man went to celebrate this award and by running out of a whole football stadium with CBL or a certified CL, CLB just to have dinner with his friends to celebrate. Like at this point, he's been known, he's been known this. I think a lot of people have known like there's no other artist from the past over the past 10 years that has literally started the decade off in 2010 and ended the decade off in 2019, 2020, and still being the pretty much one of the highest selling artists, most accolades. It's it's hard to, I'm a whole fan. So let me just say that. So I'm always gonna say Jay-Z is the GOAT. Like there could be a 1A and 1B and Jay's always 1A, but one, if we just talk, but that's like overall. That's like yeah. the overarching thing. But if we're just talking solely music success, it's, I mean, it's Toronto, it's, the six, man. I'm just saying, man, it, this shit, it's like LeBron versus Michael Jordan in a sense. Like, it, it's a debate. It is. It's a hard debate, too, because yeah. it's like, we've never, I don't even think, I think in terms of what hip-hop is, we've never even seen someone get to this height let alone get to this height while still being in the in the space of being loved by their core fans. More often than not, you have these artists, they get to this, they get a huge stratosphere of success and like they typically lose their core fan, the ones that, their day ones. The people that started off with Drake in 2010 still are rocking with Drake in 2021. So I got a question for y'all. What would y'all say to somebody who's like, oh, well, He's not really a rapper. He's more of a pop artist, like nowadays. Da 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 da. And they try to use that to discredit him for his accolades, as far as like him being an artist in the comparison to Jay Z. I'm, I'm just gonna say real quick. Uh, if somebody came up to me and said that, I'm like, "Yo, did y'all, did you guys hear something?" Because I, you know, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> you know, nobody's gonna come to me and talk to me about some bullshit like that. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that, that motherfucker, you ain't gonna come talk to me like, like, man, oh, he he's a pop artist. Okay, man. You have I, a nice day. Listen, I'll I'm going I'm willing to say this. Drake is a hip hop artist, but he is at this he is a, a pop artist at the same time. I think to say he's not is is undisputed to some extent, even just the terms of the success he's been able to have. Now, granted, pop to me, it might be defined differently. Pop is not necessarily what we heard in 2000, the, the early 2000s of the Sengi, uh, lightly auto-tuned, T-Swift type of music. And this terms, it's like, I say pop artist because I, there was a moment in time I, I I met this girl that was from France, right? She was over here uh, doing like a work study. She was listening to nothing but Drake, One Dance, all his big records that like she wouldn't that the mainstream would know. Only records she would listen to, and she was not like um, she wasn't like a hip hop person. Like she was just like a oh I like pop culture. So at, from that standpoint, he's a pop artist, but. At the same time, I, I take nothing away from what he's done in, in terms of hip-hop. He's the biggest hip-hop artist. Hip-hop is pop music at the end of the day. 
when it's all said and done. It's the biggest pop music is nothing but the biggest popular genre. Yeah, at this and moment hip- in time right now, hip pop music is heavily influenced by hip hop, is what I'll say. Absolutely. It's it is hip hop is pop music at this point. Anytime you have artists like at one point when you have artists like Molly Cyrus coming to the Migos for a feature to kind of get her name up, it's pop music at the end of the day. Like they're mm-hmm. they're not pop artists by the traditional sense, but it's pop music. At, just from the way I see it. That's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of, at the end of the day, I'm not taking there's nothing to take away from Drake. He earned this the hard way. It was not many art. It's only is rare. You only get maybe one or two artists that can do this every decade. And he was one. He was the chosen one. At the end of the day, there's all the. I, I re, there's so many other things you could say. Skepticals. I've seen people talk about the all the the nonsense that was surrounded by him throughout his career. But hey, haters gonna hate. But Drake is still gonna be number one. So it's the guy. Yeah, how I got a question then, like, because we've never seen we've never seen an artist last this long. Like Jay Z had a a huge run, but we've never seen someone have a run like Drake before. Jay Z wasn't able to have a ten year career of with no down moment, only elevating, getting himself higher at with every release of an album for ten years straight. Jay Z wasn't able to perform this. So, how long do you think it takes until Drake starts to taper off? This motherfucker, I'm gonna be real. He got another strong five years, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he has another strong five. If he does another ten, greatest rapper of all time. If he does another ten, but I think he's he got another. I think he got another five in him. Um, certified lover boy, you know that's gonna cover about two, maybe three years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and then he got another project after that. You already know he's gonna do something. So I think he got a. He, he got another strong five years, man, in him. I'll give and, you two, Morgan. And, and I feel like when you have somebody of his magnitude, he's never going to fall off, man. He's he's up there like like the Michael Jacksons of the world and shit like that, where like he's going to be forever loved. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll come out with music and motherfuckers going to go crazy for it. Will he ever be the face of rap music as, as what he is right now? Maybe not, right? Because there's always going to be a new artist that's going to take that spot, right? Right. You know, referencing back to wrestling. Look at Hulk Hogan, right? Hulk Hogan was the guy in the 80s. and the 90s, went to Stone Cold and The Rock. Then it went to Johnson and blah, 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 blah. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's always going to be somebody there to be in that top spot. So I just don't know if Drake's run is going to end now, I just think, like, at least for another five years, then we could probably revisit the question. I think he has another two to f- two to three years in him, or I should say three to five years, like, for sure. Especially, you know, saying that, saying what you're saying. As far as another 10, I mean, like, it's possible only because we haven't seen an artist like Drake, you know? So it's like we, we could see. I personally don't think it'll happen. I think it's more likely that, that like, maybe towards the middle of this decade, we kind of just things just evolve, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm not sure if he'll just carry on for that long. Not not to say that he hasn't been doing it for a long time, just 20, 20 years being the number one dude is just a long time. It's it's just, it just is. But, you know what I mean? We would have to see that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys both have good points. I think, I think it, there's somewhere in that benchmark of 
the for me, I'm more in that benchmark of like the three year mark because I him making it to 10 years is like unbelievable. But at the same time, if he was to make it 10 years, I definitely would agree with Lau where it would be undeniable that he is the greatest, not even of rap music. He would just be the greatest artist of all time. Cause it's yeah. at that, at that moment, that's like moving at like a Michael Jackson level, like of just like the King, he would just be considered like, he would be in the echelon of the, the Michael Jacksons, the princes, the, that artist that granted Drake has ha- had that fandom before, but it would just be like, yo, he would have to be so isolated where he can't even walk outside at that point. Yeah. So, but I can see three years. I think this out, I think certified lover boy is going to be the album that either makes or breaks um, the, or it gives a, a hint to where he'll be in the next couple of years. Yeah. Cause it's, it, there's, it, it depends on the success of it. It depends on the success of the album. It depends on the reception of the album. So, cause at the end of the day, someone like Drake, every time he puts out music, it's always a, there's a, a lot of pressure. I'll just leave it at that. There's a lot of pressure behind every release because he's so big, but I, I see it like this. He's lived long enough to still be the hero. So until that day comes, it's, it's, it's OVO XO, man. As far as uh, other releases that are coming on the way, as far as, uh, you know, CLB, we had another release this past Friday with DMX, with uh, Exodus. RIP. Rest in peace. RIP to DMX. Um, I didn't get a personal, I didn't get a chance to listen to it personally, but I only heard it maybe a song or two. And I'm, right. you know, I'm going to listen to the rest of the album, you know, because I want to hear what they put out from DMX for sure. I'll listen to the album. <laughs> rest, in pe- rest in peace to Dark Man X. You know what I mean? Motherfucking New York legend. Shouts out to him. And uh, shouts out to everybody that hopped on the album with him. I need to re-listen to the album before I give a real critique. But, you know, at least his, his children and his family, they're going to uh, reap the benefits of the release of this album. So once again, rest in peace to the man. And uh, shouts out to all his fans, his supporters, and family. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I did have a chance to listen to the album. Um, I I listened to most of it. Um, yeah, it it was good to hear so many features on the album. Uh, one thing I did notice when the album did get released was that uh, well, I think it was called Bath Salt with Jay Z and Nas as the features was the the high was like the number one trending the number one trending song on iTunes or Apple Music. So shout outs to him for that. Um rest in peace to DMX. It's 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 good to see that a legend was just they're able to give a legend an, another album. So uh yeah. and I think there's still another album that he has on the way. So you know I'm I'm comparing him to uh the ultimate warrior. Now hear me out why I say that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you okay. gotta hear me out, right? All so right. the ultimate warrior, I want to say back in 2014, I could be off by a year, correct me, listeners. He just got into the Hall of Fame, but prior to him getting to the Hall of Fame, he was there was a lot of controversy, you know, steroid junkie, and he used to do things to his ex-wife, you know, just right controversial things so he got in the hall of fame it was kind of like hey we're giving him his flowers he appeared at the monday night raw the next night 
and the dude like died. Like the very next day, it was day, crazy. Very next day. Are you serious? Yeah, 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 it was crazy. It was very right. fast. Yeah. So it, as much as a shock it was into the wrestling world, it was crazy. But at the same time, it was like this man got to got his flowers before he went. And yeah. how I'm translated to DMX, DMX was getting his flowers before he went. And when he passed away, you know, I mean, it was a like immediate shock, like Ultimate Warrior, but it was kind of shocking. Like, damn, this guy was just starting to do so well. And now he's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's how I view DMX, you know what I mean? And I've, and, and I meet it from a respectful manner when I'm comparing it to Ultimate War. I mean, Ultimate War was a big deal in the 80s. So, yeah, huge success. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? That's how I just think that uh, this album and all that stuff is just a way to continue to pay homage towards him. From my understanding that most of this album, if not all of it, was pretty much completed before his passing because I, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but like there were interviews with Conway and Benny the Butcher where they talked about how I think Benny the Butcher said he had to miss a flight just so he can get in the studio with DMX for that song. And how Westside, I think Westside was in the same studio when they recorded it, but I think Conway actually had to send his verse in. Yeah, so yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He was able to get his flowers. And I think being able to have just based off the track listing, it these were fan favorite artists. He went from Moneybag Gill, which was a little surprising, to Jay-Z and Nas, to Griselda, to just other artists as well. It it was good to be able to see X just to be able to get the be able to know like, hey, I did so much in the game and I have enough respect by everybody that all of these artists, whether it's people I came up with or people that are influenced by me and whether from listening to me or living a life through my music at that time, like he's covered every era because what Benny and them are what from the, they're pretty much out the nineties essentially. Cause they're like in their late thirties. Then you have Moneybag Yo that came up through, probably lived his youth through the two thousands. Right. So it's like, and then Jay-Z and Nas are people he was coming up with. He battled Jay-Z back in the day. Yeah. So it's pretty dope. Um, yeah, RPX, and you'll be missed. And yeah, we'll make sure to be playing your music, man. So yeah, it's crazy, man. Like just to see it happen this way. I mean, I think it's dope that he at least got to record like a full length album before, you know, he passed away, you know. And Absolutely. as to, you know, what percentage of it was done prior to him passing or not, you know, I guess nobody will ever know. But, you know, at the same point in time, at least we do get to, you know, enjoy that one last piece of work that he had. The There's a feature with him and Pop Smoke that I don't believe made the album. So, but I mean, it's it, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that DMX was able to put out, uh, be able to record this body of work, put it out with some of our fan favorite artists, and never feel like he never was a person that ever seemed like he he ever felt like he was taken advantage of, you know. Some unlike things you see in the media with other people, whether it's artists or athletes, similar to the case with um, Diego Sanchez and Josh Fabia, and out of the UFC. Uh, for people listening, if you're if you're not aware, but uh, we over the past couple of weeks, past practically a year, we've been keeping track of this uh, relationship, this coach-athlete relationship of Josh Fabia and Diego Sanchez and immense 
the breakup that they've had over the since their two year span. Josh Fabia came out recently in an interview where he stated that he felt Diego Sanchez had been taking advantage of him. Um, I know a lot. I think all three of us listened to this interview. Uh, what did you guys think of it? He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I listened to that interview. Um, he is a piece of shit. He is. He, he's not a good dude, obviously. You know what I mean? The stuff that he was kind of getting into about Diego, you know, saying this, that, and the third. And if you really want to know what he said, like, you know, you can go and listen to the interview for yourself. But, I mean, you don't just put out personal information about somebody like that unless you have some type of problem with them. You know what I mean? Like, and if they just... If they just stop working together, that's one thing. But you would think that like a personal situation, the way he was talking about him on there. Yeah, bro. Listen, like, and I think anybody that's listening to this, if you want to listen to it, I advise you to go listen to it because now I feel like we should actually speak on what was said um, without just glossing over it for people to go listen to. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't say certain things like, oh, this guy was taking, he like at the very end of the interview, he starts saying like, yeah, he was taking PEDs in high school. It's like, bro, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, like, surprise, surprise. The cat is, is finally out the back, but it's the cat that everybody fucking knew, except for Josh Fabia himself, right? This guy, he comes out and he fucking says, oh, well, Diego threw the fight against Michael Chiesa. The commission came, like, what, man? Like, this right there, it just goes to show that the guy was nothing but a scam artist, and he flipped the blame on Diego when he was the one fucking up Diego's career. And it's crazy. It's it's so crazy. Uh, he's the one that advocated for Diego. Go get your medical records so this way we could, you know, do a fucking scam job to sue the UFC. He gets fired. Of course, Diego's money starts slowing up. And now all of a sudden, oh, it's all Diego's fault. He's crazy. He's driving around in a Mercedes. And, you know, I got plenty of videos of me and him. And I'm going to release them. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's so fucked up that's fucked up you just proven more of a point to people who did who did not believe in you oh why you're a piece of shit like this whole i got this one itch death punch that i teased that i taught diego so the commission was like oh if you're not gonna kill somebody show us show us what you do oh well uh of course because you're a fucking liar so like he should have never been able to corner diego in any fight like it's he took advantage of Diego Sanchez at a vulnerable time in his life. And he got to his 15 minutes of fame is up. I hope nobody entertains this fucking guy ever again. Stop giving the guy interviews because he's going to chew it up. He's going to try to make it some grand scheme. And, oh, it's Diego's fault. Diego told me to like, No, man. It, just go away. Go away, man. Go nah. away. Nah, man, like he he's he's going to be fishing for more interviews. Even at, during that interview, he told the lady he was telling uh, Shorty like, yo, I can come back here and I can give you more. If you we, if you give me more time, we can really talk about it without answering any questions. Mm. He goes oh, even even when he, the conversation about the um about like the medical records. Right. I don't know about you guys, but I was completely lost. Because he starts talking about his wife, asking his wife for the medical records, then saying, yeah, she's like, so why didn't you just go to UFC? Well, his wife was giving us the medical records, but you know, that's why the UFC won't give us the medical records. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? He just talked in circles, um, trying to even like the, ex the exposure with the, the, the calling the fight with Michael Chiesa. 
And he's just like, yeah, you know, um, they they didn't. They're like, so did they tell him to, catch, to throw the fight? Um, they implied it. Did they tell him to throw the fight? Well, they did the lean that says, you know, that's you're supposed to. Did they did they tell him to throw the fight? <laughs> I can't say anything like that. But if you look at the video, okay, all right. Next question, because you're not going to answer that, Joshua. <laughs> And it's 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 a fucking ridiculous interview. Like you know what I mean. You're sitting there listening to it, and I'm just like, you know, to a certain degree, I feel sorry for Diego. I'll say that first and foremost. Legend of the sport, blah blah blah. To another degree, it's like, damn, you like fell for this dude shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, it it's unfortunate, but it's like, damn, like you know what I mean? Like this guy's really full of shit, and I think it's very obvious. But I mean, you know, vulnerable times and lives and this, that, and the third. I understand shit happens. You know what I mean? It's it's unfortunate. It is. So so how do you feel about the the hardening? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the muscle hardening. So one at one point in time, listeners in the interview, um, so pretty much what happened was they asked him a question as the muscle hardening technique, or as we had mentioned before in the prior video the upside down punches that Diego received <laughs> to and the head, to the head and the kicks and the knees. And, um, <laughs> essentially what his answer to this was, is that, Oh, well, yeah, that's just body hardening. They said, well, body hardening is usually for what the body. He said, yeah, well, whatever <laughs> essentially was his answer. So it, it's just a lot of bullshit. Y'all. It's like, yeah, you you know the muscles. Even if you hit someone in the head, he's going to get hit in the head plenty of times in a fight. I'm not hitting him as hard as he would get hit in the fight. It's like, come on, dude. Why are you hitting someone in the head? He's like, to train his body to react to when he gets punched. So what was the blindfolded running around the ring for? I'm curious. Uh, He makes Oscar De La Hoya look like a superb person <laughs> like like I, I i just didn't think in my life i would see somebody topple the great oscar do and he he did it he did it so he bad. did it yeah he did it he had a master plan and he made sure he accomplished it like good job to you man good job like wow man maybe we have to pass the torch to him and make it the joshua the- fabio award there you fucking go. Hey, That's yo. what it is. That's hey, what it is. Hey, you guys, I do want to put this out there. In the events that Joshua Fabia does hear this, and he would love to defend himself. Oh, <laughs> we, would love, we would love to have you on just to be able to defend yourself or give your point of view of everything because what the media has shown makes you look crazy, my friend. He granted, we do. And, and he might not be, but granted, I did go down a little rabbit hole of like the the mess that he's he said because, like Lau said, he deserves to it deserves to be the Fabio Awards now. Oh, it all makes sense, yo, Fabio Fade. Oh. <laughs> it just uh, clicked. Don't know about that. <laughs> you can't let the niggas know about that. <laughs> but like for real, like. <laughs> You know, the guy is a culprit. You know, I hope the FBI investigates the corrupt shit that he's done in his career. You know, like the the guy, I, I, man, wow, correct me. I said career. I don't know if the guy knows what that is. Because oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, he's he came out and say everybody just hates That's on him funny. because he's a he's been able to come in 
in just a matter of a year or two and do what people dedicate their whole lives to. Right. And yeah. be successful. You're right. No, you're right. You've you've made it to <laughs> illegally scam. I shouldn't even say illegally because nobody's ever done seen it before MMA. You've made a way to scam, get your name out there and become as a talking top topic. Like it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. Like the more I, the, I want to go on a tangent, but we have to respect other topics and other MMA fighters because this guy, he's a fucking crook scumbag you know he's fucking sleazy like the guy is not a good fucking guy you know and i just think that you know the less that people pay attention to him you know the better the fucking world might be and i'm and hopefully he'll look back at this and he'll be like wow i'm actually a rudy poo candy ass and and hopefully he'll change his fucking ways because the guy is just not he's not a good person bro he's one of those guys who are like he'll set you to fuck up for his benefit he'll do that shit you guys go out to the restaurant he'll order the shit and he'll skip town and then you got <laughs> like he's that type of guy Oh shit, yo, bro! I, I forgot my wallet, man. I, I can a, cash app you. I, my phone just died, so I'll cash app you when I get get back home. Yeah, all right. Never yeah, hear from what it, right. yeah, never hear from him again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yo, it was like yo. You talked to Josh? Nah, I've been trying to call him for the past week. Man, last time I checked, Josh was like on a party bus somewhere, enjoying <laughs> life. Man, it's like, I mean, I, I will say this though. Um, Despite the 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 body hardening and all of the 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 craziness and styles and techniques he's used, I think it's I think we it's safe for all of us to say as a community within the from the community of MMA and combat sports that this is probably one of the better parts, better chapters in this story. I can definitely say that. Yes. For the yeah. sake of Diego just being away from the nonsense, man. Like, it's it's enough. Like, it's enough for that. And Dana White even came out and said, look, like, Joshua Fabio, like, Diego Sanchez, when you need, you know, to call me, you can go ahead and do that, and we can get some shit figured out. So at yeah. least, like, he'll do him the respect of that. And I believe Dana White when it comes to that, because he's a guy from the first season of Tough. And it seems like he really does try to take care of those dudes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It might be best to put him on the Blessed Express at this point, man, to be honest with you. Because like at, at this point, there's hopefully hopefully Diego can get his thing, his things together and you know, hop on the Blessed Express of, of Max Holloway. Because I think and I, I think Max Holloway has a, a, a new fight coming up with y- Yair Riguez, Rodriguez, which um I think after the performance we saw Max have last time, I think we're in for uh, another good bout. Uh, quick predictions from you guys if you want to. Uh, I believe the fight's on January 17th as well. July. July 17th. I'm in a whole nother. See, when, you, when you're the best podcast in the universe, you're not even thinking, in, you, you don't even think in the same calendar year. We think in six months ahead, so. I, I thought it was Josh Fabia getting to you and, Oh, wow. <laughs> the body hardening, man. The body yeah. hardening. Too many but, shots to the head, yo. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, listeners, realistically, Max Holloway is going to win this fight. He's going to win. It's going to be a fun fight. I don't know how long Yari is going to last before he croaks over 
to the volume of punches that Max is going to give him. But with that being said, I am a fan of El Pentetta. I like him. I love the spinning flashy shit that he does. You know what I mean? He's not as good as Max, so don't sit there and try to spin a narrative. But I I do like him. He's kind of like the perfect villain right now. Nigel hates the guy. but So I know who Nigel's pulling for. So listeners like you hate Yair? So let's let's be real about <laughs> something, right? So last week we had to talk about the respect we have for these people as athletes. And we don't know these people as people, so we can't mention about them personally. Me personally, I am not a fan of Yair Rodriguez. <laughs> he seems to talk a lot of shit, and he did knock out BJ Penn. And shouts out to him for that, because I don't like BJ Penn either. But I do not <laughs> like Yair Rodriguez. Yes, I want him to lose. And not only that, I think he will lose because I think Max is just the more talented fighter. But, I mean, that being said, I'll leave it for at that right now. We can talk about this more in the future. Yeah. Um, I think closer we get to the fight is when we'll be able to give a, a deeper a deeper analysis of our predictions. Uh, for now, similar to the general consensus, uh, the measuring stick also has to go with Max Holloway. So, uh, Yair, love to see him fight. Uh, I think it'd be a good fight, but too blessed, man. You're too blessed. That's all I can say. Max Holloway's got this one in the bag. He's the so, one giving out the blessings for real. He's all the way. He's all the way. Put it on. Yeah, man. He's his performance is so such a at a high level, man. It's like he, he. I think it was in his last fight. He was he he stopped looking at his opponent just to talk to Dana. And tell him, like, yo, I'm the best in this. I'm the best. It's just started dipping punches. And shout so, out to Calvin Cater, man. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn, I, y'all like some haters. No, I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, shout out the guy he fought. <laughs> like, my God. It's like, oh, okay. You can't hey, yo, Josh, out. there's yeah. somebody new to coach. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's like, nah. Uh, um, <laughs> Stay away from him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I would I would have let my dog near that motherfucker, man. Oh, Fuck it. <laughs> not the cozy, not the coziest of pets, man. Yeah. No, no. Nah. Nah. Not my little baby. No. Nah. nah, I feel you on that though. Like I, I think it's best for everybody to stay clear of Josh, uh, Josh Fabia. But yeah, uh, we'll like we said, we'll give give you guys a little bit more when it comes to Max Holloway. I know there's uh some in other sports that are some people that are uh, a little disgruntled by the actions of other, uh, you could say, so-called athletes. Um, if anybody's been keeping up with the story, J. Cole, he had, he had a chance to play um, in Rwanda, play for Rwanda within a, a tournament where he only averaged like five points and like three rebounds and two assists in the whole... I, I may have the... For the people commenting, I may have the stats incorrect. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because um, you guys like to hate a little bit. Um, but yeah. Fuck him. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Hardcore heel right here. Fuck him. Hey. But you okay. don't like Yair. Okay, got it. Yeah. I talk a little shit too. I'm not saying I, he's the only one. Hey, hey people are free to not to like me if they don't want to. Hey, the, the guy with the steel shade, he doesn't look so smart. <laughs> That's me, yes. Embrace it. 
that guy. Hate him. Yeah. Embrace it. I'm, I'm guessing J. Cole is probably going to be embracing the same type of hate. Um, I, I know there's a the one of the players from the top score, I think. Yeah, J. Cole's presence was like was disrespectful to the sport or something like so that. So this guy put up 40 points and apparently has some type of interview, right? And if I was this guy's teammate, you know what I say? I'd be like, hey man, shut up. Like <laughs> J. Cole, if it wasn't for J. Cole, you wouldn't be having this interview talking about motherfucking J. Cole. So what you <laughs> no, need to so do bad. is just shut up because he's bringing us so much publicity that he can't put he can't replace this. And yes, it is unfortunate that somebody lost their spot. But look at what J. Cole did for us. Thank God for that. I love it. I love it. Hill for real. I love Hill Nigel. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) I was getting tired of this politically correct. (laughs) Show the real Nigel. Thank God. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, right? That's all but, I need to know. But to be respectful, right? I understand both sides of the coin, right? Shouts out to J. Cole. He got to live his dream and all that. And he does bring a lot of attention and awareness to a league that and mainstream sports, let alone just basketball media, they're not going to pay attention to. They're going to pay attention to the players in Spain and Europe right? They're going to pay attention to all the European countries and all that stuff, but they're not going to pay attention to the African league. And it's it's unfortunate, but that's what it, that's what it is right now. J Cole, he was kind of like that. He was like the conduit to start having that, you know, attraction of like, Oh, let's pay attention to the league. You never know. Like the guy who's scoring 40 points, maybe people start paying attention to him. Because people tuning in to fucking to see J. Cole do something. So like when he so that's like I understand the J. Cole spot. Now what what he's saying is like I understand what he's saying, but I think it kind of came off as like an in a hating way. And it was kind of like that's what the consensus is too. Or if you go through like social media, like the dude's low-key hating or whatever. But like I'm like, yeah, somebody's working hard, boom, 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 boom. And the person that that worked hard, he lost, he didn't get the spot because he gave J. Cole. And I'm kind of like, yes, that does suck. But at the same time, that is the name of the game. You know, it is what it is, unfortunately. Right. Look at Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow got signed as a tight end and he's never played tight end ever at the professional football level. This guy was a quarterback. And whether you guys thought he was mediocre or not good, you know how to say it, really good because he's not. That's on you. That's your uh, opinion. I, he took away somebody's who's been trading a tight end. He took that opportunity away from them. But I'm just saying, like nobody's really highlighting gold crazy about that. They're talking about J. Cole. I'm like, look, I don't hate J. Cole for this. Shouts out to J. Cole. And J. Cole, he bowed out respectfully. Unfortunately, because he was probably getting some backlash from the guy and the guy's supporters about it. I think that stuff like that is very important for lesser known leagues. You need to have a big name come in to bring notoriety or nobody's going to tune in and watch your shit. Nobody's going to fuck with it. People might not even feel like it's legitimate. You know what I mean? Look at the thriller, you know, the corrupt thriller fight club boxing fights. 
Nobody gave a fuck about it. It's tell until they got, you know, hey, we're gonna get the Paul brothers. We'll get some a couple uh notable boxers in there so we can have some type so we could pretend to be legitimate. Cause let's face it, they're not you know what I mean? They're they're yeah. not legitimate. So you have to do that. It's like business one-on-one. At the end of the day, professional sports is a business. And to bring dollars and eyeballs to the thing, you need to bring somebody with some notoriety. So I I agree with Nigel, I, but I also understand like how the guy, where he's kind of coming from, but he's not understanding. He even said it in a fucking interview. Oh, I don't care about money. Da, 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 da. I'm like, well, if you don't care about money, you need to, you need to quit the fucking league and go play your your pickup game at your local basketball court. You know, he might not care about money, but you know who do? His bosses. His bosses care about money a lot. So, yeah. you know, like, if if that's the case, then I understand why J. Cole is there. And, like, once again, like I said, this this guy must be a talented dude. Obviously, he's a professional basketball player. And I'm not taking anything away from him for that, but it's like, understand what J. Cole did for you this year. That's yeah. it. right. Nobody, yeah, you're right. Because nobody would have heard of this guy at all if J. Cole wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, and I, I definitely understand both of your points, right? Where it there is the aspect that J. Cole being there sheds light on what, what's going on in that league, as well as the unfortunate part that somebody misses out on this opportunity because J. Cole is present. But the reality is, like you guys have said, and I agree, Nobody really would be speak. This would even have, I hate to say it, but a, a fair portion of people would not even know that this is even had this competition is even happening if it wasn't for J. Cole being, being behind this. Or the fact that, heck, Puma was a sponsor because of, I know I saw something where J. Cole was handing out Pumas because he has a Puma sneaker, a basketball yeah. sneaker through Puma. So him passing that sneaker out. And I guess like, I think some people were like, some players were like, I'm not wearing this on the court, but like the reality is, Hey, now you're, you're able to have a big brand look at you and say, Hey, this guy is really good. Now that we have some light here, maybe we, maybe this is a person we can give a sponsorship to, or maybe this is something we can do some future work with. I know I, I understand more than likely I'm guessing outside of the 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 fans, not the fans, but a player not being able to be on the the game in the game, I'll say because J. Cole takes that person's spot. I think that this this player has to also realize and I guess take two steps beside his ego of knowing just because you scored 40 points and yes, the it's a highlight. That's an achievable goal in any sport. Any basketball game you're playing, whether it's a backyard game with equal with equivalent competition, or if you're playing in the NBA or overseas, dropping 40 points is not an easy task right. when you're playing a full court game at the end of the day. Right. And I'm quite sure that the there's probably some upsetness of knowing, hey, I'm dropping 40 points, having a game balling out on balling right now, balling out on these guys. And the thing you want to ask me is about J. Cole. Well, it's it come like you said, loud. It comes with the business at the end of the day. Nobody, the half the people that would be there, that maybe only a handful of reporters. Now you're having more reporters than normal, or even if it's the same amount of reporters, it's probably reporters on a higher syndication. So, it, uh, it, 
maybe it's over for them now. Right now, it's over for them. Like you notice how nobody's talking about the league no more. Maybe he just wasn't ready for the situation because, like, if he, I think you know, if he had more time to think about it, it'd be like, hey, like you know, it's great that he's here, shedding some light on this. Hopefully, next year it'll build for more spots for somebody else or something like that. You know what I mean? Nope, that's I, I'm not accepting that. You're, you know, we're not, we're not teenagers, you know, we're grown men, you know, they should be aware, Hey, you're playing professional basketball at, a, a, you know, at a continental level. And so you should know to be professional when you're being in- interviewed. And instead of talking about, you know, the positives of this basketball league and what he's done with his team, he's focusing it on, how he feels about J- how his personal feelings of J. Cole. So J. Cole being the stand-up guy that he is, he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave the league. You know, I'm going to fulfill my duties and I'm going to leave the league. And now the league is not being covered. Nobody, I haven't seen, yo, Sports Center has never talked about African sports outside of like, you know, soccer and FIFA and shit. They've never talked about African sports. J. Cole's on there. They're now highlighting the African games. You know, the ha- you know, yes, mainly him, but the, they're highlighting the league. And now that he's gone and he's been gone for a couple of days now, not a not a single post that went back to baseball. <laughs> NBA M- NBA playoffs. They, you know what I mean? So like I hope I just hope it was worth it, man. I hope I hope it was worth it. Like to me, it it just it's a prideful thing. That's all that was. That was a pride thing. Like, that's yeah. crazy, man. That, that's crazy. Like, that's, I agree with everybody that was supporting J. Cole, like Rick Ross and all everybody else. Like, just, like, come on, dude. Like, I understand where you're coming from, but, like, that's a, that's a private conversation. <laughs> Not yeah. publicly say it. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's more of a private conversation is right. I think, I think there's, I think sometimes people can get blinded by the light and believing that they should be the one that, uh, that have the glow because more often than not, they're like, yo, it should be me. It should be, it should be me. This guy's, this guy would be considered a bust in my league. Right. But it's like, yo, at the end of the day, like you said, he essentially to some extent, like, and I, I hate using this, uh, terminology, but it's essentially, you know what? I'm going to just take my ball and go home. And that's what J. Cole did. And now the, I haven't heard anything about the league since J. Cole's left. The biggest conversation has been about J. Cole leaving to go back to pretty much having the number one album with his sixth straight <laughs> number one album. <laughs> like, yep. like this guy, it wasn't, granted, like, it's not like this guy, this guy could be doing other things. Like he, he has a more, he has a successful rap music career at the end of the day. And instead of choosing his music career, which he dropped an album at the same time, some could say it was a rollout, cool. But at the same time, he dropped an album that did wildly successful, peaking, doing what no other artist has ever done in terms of music history with six straight number one albums. And he's choosing to play basketball. Now the light is shined on him. Like people want his fans, his fan base has the light on him as well as the sports media. So, him leaving doesn't hurt anybody but himself. It doesn't hurt J. Cole at the end of the day. He got to a chance to live his dream and enjoy it and be able to have it sponsored by uh by Puma as well. So that basketball player, um, 
I mean, best wishes to him and his team in the league. And good thing J. Cole didn't give him any mama's cooking, for real, for real, because <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, we saw how Kwame Brown's been giving it up. No, it's that way. Yeah, like if well, J. Cole... to those who, you know, it's not good for. Yeah, like it's not like in terms of deadly of just meaning like it's not good for that person's career, just to clarify. Um but yeah, it's like it's it's nothing good. Like I mean, we've seen what Kwame Brown's been doing in the past couple of weeks, and I, I don't think someone like that. I don't think that basketball player would want that same type of heat from someone like J. Cole if he came out and just said, "You know what? I'm gonna just voice my opinion about you, whether it be right, wrong, or indifferent." You get what I'm saying? So it's like, and it's just one of those things. But like, even like back to the Kwame Brown thing. Like we've seen Kwame Brown come out with so many things, responding after being silent for so many years. And now you're starting to see all these people that have had words to say about him turn around and apologize from Charlemagne to God to Steven Jackson. And the newest on the list, um, well, he chose not to apologize with Stephen A. Smith. He chose to have a response on his nighttime show um, where he pretty much doubled down on his take that Kwame Brown is a bust, and he showed a highlight, a, a a highlight reel of bloopers, which every athlete has in their arsenal. I don't care if it's Michael Jordan to LeBron James to Eric Snow. Yeah, the uh, man. When Stephen A. did Brown. when Stephen A. did that, I was like, "You just you fumbled it. You fumbled it." One, the shit is cringe. The shit is not fucking funny. Two, you could find a fucking blooper reel of it. You could find a blooper reel of LeBron James and you could make eight minutes of him fucking flopping. And yeah. it'll be the it'll be the funniest thing in the world, depending on who you are. So like the shit was fucking corny. And then he lied on fucking national television saying that nobody brought it personal to him he said Charlemagne never made it personal which was a crock of shit because Charlemagne made himself dunk of the day for making it personal then you know you have Stephen A. Stephen Jackson who's saying like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna get them people put on you and you know insinuating he's gonna get people to yeah threatening him Matt Barnes talking about oh we could bo- we could box it out like if it wasn't personal none of them would say none of that shit you know what I mean? Kwame revealed that people were threatening him through text message. So it's just kind of like, if it was a personal Stephen A, and I know why he probably did what he did, because the machine was, you know, uh, it's just, just yeah. I don't understand why. So when people criticize Stephen A of being an Uncle Tom, he did it once again. He gave those people more ammunition and fuel of being an Uncle Tom. Because, like, I just feel like this was your opportunity to be like, look, you know, we may disagree on your basketball career, but I don't mean to, I didn't, I don't mean to attack you for 20 plus years. This guy, I didn't know this, but Stephen A was showing up to colleges, yeah, giving speeches, talking shit about Kwame Brown, just out the fucking blue, like. And this is before Kwame blew up. This is years ago. So it's just like, stop. <laughs> like, you got... So I understand why Kwame is upset. Like, yo, stop. Just stop. Like, you keep on and on and on. It's funny, ha, 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 the first couple of years. Stop. Like, you got... Now you're just going to random places talking about me. It's not even in front of fucking national TV anymore. It's... Uh, 
places that you're getting paid to show up. Like the, it's fucking crazy. And I thought Stephen A. Smith failed horrendously on it. And you know, I just I agree with Kwame. I'm like, I'm not even talking about the man's basketball career, right? If you want to say Kwame is a bum and all that, and you just talk basketball, fine. That it is what it is. You know, I'm not even going to get into that with you. I don't give a fuck. I'm talking about from like a human being perspective. Like if, if you spent motherfucking you, if somebody was talking shit about you for 20 years and you try to stay quiet and trying to be polite and they just kept doing it and they were doing it to the point where like they were going to parties, talking shit about you. They're going to the <laughs> local churches, talking shit about you. They're doing this. At some point you're going to be like, yo, what is up? Like it, what? Why do you keep fucking mentioning me? Exactly, because at that point it's because at that point you know it's this is less of a a thing. This has become a personal matter at that point. When when you're taking my name and you're you're marching it through colleges and going, you're going essentially it's essentially going out of your way to put my name in your mouth and to, to discredit me. Let me not even say put my name in your to discredit. You go into colleges to discredit me just out of your way for no reason to discredit me when I haven't did it, did anything. I haven't said anything. Sure. My career may not be the highlight that other people's careers are, but at the end of the day, the guy did 13 years in the league made 60 something million dollars. And he did all this. If you do the math, if he came in the league at 18, he did this all by the time he was 31. So it's like, and then after he retires, you're still talking about me. Like I, at some point it becomes like, yo, this is a personal matter. And I think Stephen A did miss the whole point of this. It wasn't necessarily about the way I played or the way he, Kwame Brown played. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to see the response Kwame Brown gave to this, but I'm quite sure it, it has something to do with mama's cooking as always. <laughs> mama's and, cooking. Yeah, mama's cooking, man. She, she, yo, listen, man. There's a lot to be said about the Kwame Brown thing, but I will say this. Even after 20 years of playing basketball or 13 years of playing basketball and I decide to leave the league and whatever the case may be, if you're always bringing my name up, it becomes personal. When I bring, when I respond to it, don't go and revert back to the, oh, well, you know, this is what you did in sports. These were your stats. This is a blooper reel that every athlete, not basketball, not soccer, not football specific. Every athlete in any sport has a blooper reel if a camera is watching a game. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan has a famous commercial where he talks about all, he throws off all these crazy numbers and it's all the, num all the shots that he missed, all the game-winning shots. And I think he has like more game-winning shots missed than made. But we don't remember those. We remember the shots that he made, not the ones that he missed. The same that goes for LeBron when he had an issue with shooting the ball at one point in time. And he would pass the ball off in clutch situations. In 20 years, 15 years, nobody's going to remember that. We're going to remember LeBron James for being a phenom over, yeah. the, over the course of his career. And if you want to pat, and if someone wants to pull those things up, cool, that's possible. But it's like, it's not necessary. So... I think at the end of the day, he missed the point. He took he he pretty much I don't know I don't even know if it's saying take he went lower or went higher, but it was he just went, poor take. He went corny. 
Yeah. What I have to say about it is I've been watching this Kwame Brown situation play out on YouTube and whatnot. And Kwame Brown's a actually a pretty entertaining guy, but also seems to be a pretty positive guy. And pretty much what we all been saying is like, you know, what Stephen A. Smith should have said is, hey, look, like what I said, I meant what I said. And there's proof to prove what I said to be right. But I shouldn't have carried on for so long. And it's like, I, I should apologize for that and acknowledge that you did have a decent career because not everybody's going to be in the league for 10 years. So it's like, hey, like, was your career the best? Absolutely not. But was it the worst? Absolutely not. And there's other there's other people who were drafted who di- weren't who didn't do so hot. He could have moved on to Jamarcus Russell. He could have moved on to Mitchell Trubisky. People who were in the league, I should say Mitchell Trubisky still playing, but like people who just didn't live up to expectations. It's like, hey man, not me. Not me. Not not this time. You know, anybody else. But no, nah, they didn't want to do that. So yeah, yeah, of course, Stephen A. Um, you know, hopefully he just says sorry, like he should. He won't because he's Uncle Tom. And now you're bringing up the, the other uh, athletes from the other organization. Who's that quarterback that he just, you know, he would take a job for a paycheck and he's obviously paying for a paycheck. It was It, it was Jay Cutler, wasn't it? I, I don't know if they said that about him, but <laughs> no, uh, I mean, he would, he, the, the guy would show up just to put a uniform on. Cause you know, he'll get paid. He'll go out there, throw six interceptions. And, mm. and <laughs> oh my God. And it, it don't bother it don't bother him. He don't he don't care because he know that the check is gonna clear because all he had to do is put the uniform on and show up to the field. That was it. I don't know. I don't want to say because I I don't know who's doing that. That's wild. Yeah, that's <laughs> shout out to him though. You want to no, do all that I'm, training? <laughs> I'm, I'm not shout out to him. No, it, it, it's just, <laughs> there's worse players than Kwame Brown. Is is the moral of the story? Yeah. There's worse players yeah. than him. There's just other players. There's other there's other things. You know what I mean? But to direct all your time and energy and attention to him is just wrong for 20 yeah. years. Yeah, and even if you wanted, even if you wanted to refer to Kwame Brown, like it, there's other ways of doing it without even saying his name. At the end of the day, whether it be take just be, and I say that because of the the given what's given. Number one draft pick at 18, straight out of high school, by, drafted by the greatest basketball player of all time, and you don't live up to that quote unquote expectation most people have, right? But nonetheless, he did he. At the end of the day, the general consensus is he's a, a success story. At the end of the day, he he's, he's, he's a, a, dude, a, it's a success story. You're right. And exactly. If you, if you listen to some of these other podcasts about the situation, other people from the Wizards were talking about like their experience and they're like, hey, look, like from our standpoint, it looked like they were trying to break him down because, like, essentially, you know, you can't criticize Mike, but you can't criticize this young kid. So it was like, well, you know, we're going to break them. They had them working out for three hours prior to games and whatnot, like really tired during the games. Yeah, like it's that, it sounds like it's, it does sound like it's a little bit deeper than him just not playing, like playing up to expectation. Like, but I mean, who, who knows like how much, you know, this, that, and the third. But I mean, like, I think he deserves to be heard at the least. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at, at the least, just listen to him. I- at least defend himself you yeah. know, from, from the harsh criticism. Like they're trying to make him the bad guy. I don't understand. 
I don't, yeah, and the fucking cheap ass fans that that were all sh- shucking and jiving along with Stephen A. They were sitting, they're sitting there, you know. There's plenty of there's. It's just okay. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can say, I can say this. At, from all that has happened, from this um, this experience that we've had with Kwame Brown, I know I did pose a question uh, last time we spoke about this whether or not he would be able to actually use this moment to shift gears to make it more of a more of a discussion less about just talking about people because that will fade out after so much time um he did have judge joe brown surprisingly on his platform which was a very entertaining yeah (laughs) some would say uh we we don't have to get too much into it uh but it was very entertaining but it looks i can say this it looks as though Kwame Brown is taking what he has and he's actually, he's developing a platform for himself that he can generate an income and another, uh, another avenue for income and uh, yeah, just another avenue for income I'll say. So it's, uh, it's pretty, I can say that much. It's pretty dope to see how he's been able to spin the ball on his head and go in a different direction while still, garnering the attention of someone like Stephen A. Smith. The best way to make this whole stuff to go away would have been just to apologize. Apologize, let it be. And then the no one has any... It, at that point, it's like, okay, he apologized. You don't have to accept it. If you want to keep talking about it, you're just making yourself look a little different, right? But, hey, Stephen A. Smith decided to, like, double down. I would just love for them to have this conversation in person. That's that's what I will say. It'll never happen because Stephen A. know he's dead ass wrong, man. No, it'll never it'll never happen. You know, moving on probably to our final topic of the night, keeping in basketball listeners, is the Lakers and the Suns. And uh honestly, listeners, by the time this episode drops, the series may be over. It may be over. Then again, it may not be. I'm hoping that the Suns will win the series, but at this point of time of us recording before this episode comes out, it's not looking too hot for the Suns. So what are you guys uh, going for? And uh, and let's just close this shit out. Hey, James Crowder, clam chowder, baby powder, Lakers in five. (laughs) (laughs) That's how LeBron's feeling. I mean, when you have someone like that defending you, LeBron's feeling a little bit better about himself from what from what I've seen uh, just scrolling through my timeline. So, yeah, um, so so you you watch the Oscars is what you're saying. I watch the the Fabios. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> the Fabios. <laughs> the Fabios. No, I'm the, talking about the Oscar from the Oscar performance of LeBron James. Kid. It, it's it's oh. fabulous. It's yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> he's he's the only male professional athlete that's. Does won an Oscar more than once, you know. Hey, the listen, year that Leonardo, I mean, see, there we go. That won't win the Oscar. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but his, but his performance in, in the Lakers the Suns game, he he got a couple of Oscar worthy performances. You know what I mean? The guy, the guy knows how to act. <laughs> yeah. <Play that>, but <laughs> yeah. Did you see the? Um, the, I was scrolling through my timeline and I ended up seeing a clip. Or I guess it was like a scuffle going on, right? Yeah. And LeBron just walks out of the scuffle. And he's just, he looks like he's confused on what arm actually hurts. And then it's like, oh, let me just grab this arm and kneel down and just looked around. 
Yeah, like, yeah, I, I saw that live. That was the first Suns game. I was like, look at this guy. He he still think he is Space Jam too. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, so nope. the Suns. I predict the Suns. I don't want the Lakers to win. The Suns go. Suns go. Phoenix. All that. Listen, man. The act. The acting itself is going to play. Is going to play a huge part in those critical moments. Go for Paul. Like, hey, no, listen. Uh, what what I will say about Chris LeBron. Paul, Jake Paul. Any oh. Paul. <laughs> Paul. Lake isn't fine, right? <laughs> That's funny. No, I'm, I'm, what I want to say about LeBron is he's he's obviously the number one player in the world today. And he's a phenomenal player. You put him on any team, you know, they have a great chance of going to the finals, let alone winning the championship. So l- l- let's get that out the way. Outside the court, the guy is a great human being. He might be the the greatest human being off the court, for real. And you know, and I know that might be tit for tat. There will be it's other people used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The greatest human being. That's, that's, <laughs> that's saying a lot. <laughs> like, I just, you think you personally know the man? Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. He must, he must have bought you a track hawk or something, man. Uh, <laughs> track hawk. He bought him the track hawk chain, actually. Yeah. The, the chain. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh what I want to yeah. say though, what I want to say, like, so like I don't I don't hate LeBron for I was like, you know, there's some people that fucking hate him, like, oh fuck this month, you know, breaking their TV, burning their t-shirts as they're wearing. Like, I don't hate LeBron like that. I don't like when the motherfucker flops. It's like, come on, bro, like, come on. Like, I remember seeing this guy flop one time and his teammate was the one that hit him, but he was acting <laughs> like <laughs> like Come on, man. <laughs> so my thing is like you, you could, just bump just bump into me. All right. Just bump into yeah, me. He'll you, think the other the other dude did it. You could do a blooper reel of his flops and oh I, yes. I, yeah. He has hey. some crazy looking flops too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, everybody listening. If you do see this, there may be if you are listening to this, there may be an Instagram reel coming very soon mm. of LeBron's <laughs> flops. So be ready. That'd be that'd be hilarious, man. But shouts out to LeBron because I mean now he's a phenomenal player. He is a good person. So no, no, no that's a fact. That's yeah. definitely a fact. Like like you said, the greatest human being that walks the earth, right? <laughs> <laughs> Has hey, to be a good person. Yeah. Hey, you know, hey, hey, remember what I said? Hey, they don't just give out the trackhawks out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't just give them out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if when I see next thing you know, Lyle's gonna be like, "Yo, yeah." It's like, yeah, I know Lyle got like an SUV. He talking about racing. It's like, yeah, it's like, yo, put put your SRT up against this, man. Let's see what happens. So Denver's leading two one against Portland right now, and the winner of that will go on to face the winner of Phoenix and the Lakers. How do you think the next uh, leg of that little bracket is gonna go? Uh, if if the right by the time this episode comes out, and let's say the Lakers or Suns already that series is over, I think the Lakers or Suns are going to win against Denver and Portland. I Denver Portland, and it was looking like Denver might actually win the series. They're a sec, second round. Hey man, good job, you made it to the second round of playoffs, but now it's time for the better team to move on. So. I don't see them getting past the Lakers or the Suns, whoever wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, essentially the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to go about the same way. Uh, I don't I don't think um, 
Portland would have it to go against uh, the Lakers like that. Didn't they? Didn't they um, play against each other in the playoffs last year? If I'm not mistaken. Yep, and I think I think they won like one game, and then next, you know, the Lakers they just tore their ass up. Yeah, damn, damn, yeah. to leave, man. Hey, that's a discussion yeah. for another day. We we might yeah. be able to, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I'm gonna go Suns, go Suns, go Phoenix, go Devin yeah. Booker, go Chris Paul, <laughs> all them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so who do you got with the uh uh knicks and, uh, and the hawks so i would like to see the knicks win man i would i, I like the i like the story that's behind them i love i like the fan energy you saw you saw highlights of the game man like the the alley-oop to obi Toppin. i think derrick rose was the one that, that shot up the alley-oop and the crowd went crazy like it was like <laughs> I was like, I fucks with that. That's good energy. I, I, I hope that the the Knicks they could get it done. Um, Atlanta is not a team to play with, especially with with Ice Trey Young, man. The the motherfuckers balling. So, it's straight it, game. Yeah, man. So shouts out, shouts out to the Hawks. But I'm rooting for the Knicks to win the series. Yeah, same here. Uh, I just had a con- I was just having a conversation the other day with my barber about this, and being in the city of Atlanta, it. It makes it a little hard to say something other than Atlanta, but especially when they're playing right down the street. But uh, yeah, I gotta go with. Uh, I'm from up north, so I gotta go with New York, man. That's I, what I'll talk about. Yeah, like I, <laughs> like I mean, let's be honest, nice right? Like, like, let's be honest, right? As throughout our childhood, right, throughout our child, our whole upbringing, we rarely had a chance. We we've in few cases really had a chance to see like the Knicks have like good moments. We didn't. We weren't old enough to really like understand the years when you had Patrick Ewing playing on the Knicks and when to be in the garden was like a thing. Like this means like if if, if they're able to continue on and, and continue to keep going and having good players that perform well in like these these moments, this is only a recipe for like bringing New York back, especially with the pandemic as like, the world is slowly trying to close itself off and go back to the quote unquote new normal. Um, having something like this now, I don't know. Um, I don't know though. Like it, having something like this now is just very uh, essential. I think for, for New York, that this is bigger than it's, it's more than just the team itself, but it's meaning something big for the New York itself as a city. Like this would, like you said, Lau, Obi Toppin again, the oop from Derrick Rose, and the crowd goes crazy. Now, that that's a recipe for okay. If you can have someone like maybe it, if you can just have that type of energy, game in and game out, and you're winning, it's a huge thing to to come forward. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else we want to get to? Um, you know what I mean. Before we close out the show, listeners, we we ended up. Uh, I guess if you're listeners to the. If you're listening to this, you know, you're a true listener. So, you know, you should know that we recorded a little early, but we're still here for you guys, as we always will be, week in and week out, you know. So don't ever forget that. But do we have anything else for them? No, I just want to say uh, thank you to all the listeners. You know, we uh, we enjoy doing this, and uh, we hope that we made you laugh. We hope that we reformed you on a few things. We also hope that, you know, 
you guys could pass this along to a friend or a family member. Just let them know, like, hey, you know, you want to have the best time of your boring life. This is this is the show. <laughs> yo, man, you kill me every week, yo. <laughs> every week. Um, I will say this. Drink your water, wear your mask, and never forget Chris Paul, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, Lakers in five. So Damn. Damn. That's all I got, man. Um, listeners, we respect y'all. Please follow us at Highly Advise on YouTube. Follow us at Highly Advise on Instagram. Yeah, I think you're missing one. Follow us at Advise Highly on Twitter. Um, Listeners, you can follow (laughs) my guy over there. He is Big Cozy, Too Cozy. You can follow my other guy down there. He is st.kitch. I am relaxing, Noji underscore Jackson. You have been highly advised. We will see you next time. Respect, y'all. We are out. Boom. You've been highly advised. You've been highly advised. Yeah, I'm still waiting for y'all to come up and tell me where this came from. Till then, I'm going to keep doing it. I actually might make some shirts. Damn. Hint, Rusty Shackleford. You've been highly advised. Shashaw. Ha <laughs>